Join Jessica Smith on the Like a Girl podcast, where she defies odds, shares inspiring stories, and empowers women to embrace their inner leaders. Tune in for a transformative journey. So I took Gwen's advice, Pastor Paul's sister, sister, I said, wife, it wasn't his wife, it was his sister, Gwen. And she said, stop nagging him. When he drinks, no more fussing and arguing. Every time he goes to drink and you want to fuss at him, take your grievances to the Lord in prayer. And I'm like, really? That, that's that's going to be hard. She said, I know. She said, don't say anything to him. Just go somewhere by yourself and pray and just talk to God about it. And she also, I remember her asking me, do you think that he's praying about this? And and I really, I believe that he was, even though he would say, you know, you, you don't get to tell me that I have a problem. I have to identify that. And I, I don't think I have a problem. And again, it was because it wasn't something that he did every day or that he did every weekend or he wasn't violent. And actually, he was complete opposite, just super nice and, you know, Mr. Lovey-Dovey. And it was, for me, it wasn't even about that. It was just the thought of someone drinking. It just, it just, it just took me back. And that's not how I wanted to live my life or not what I wanted for my children. But I listened to her. I did it. And the next time I knew, I talked to him on the phone, I was able to tell just by his voice, didn't say anything, went went to prayer. Now, did it work every single time? No, but most times I was able to establish that habit of just taking it to God. Meanwhile, we are still working on our goals, and our big, big goal was to buy a second home. And remember, you know, I I left. I had bought my first home in Chicago. I think I was 23, 25. And that was, that was a dream come true. That was, uh, that was already the impossible. That was a miracle. There is no way if you would have told me just a few years before that, that I would own a home, like I'm paying a mortgage by myself with taking care of my kids. That sounds good, but wrong one. So when I made the decision to just leave Chicago and move
cross country for the most expensive place in the country to live, of course, everybody thought I had lost my whole damn mind. They were like, do you have any idea how much it would cost you to buy that house in Silicon Valley? People thought I was never going to own a home again. But I believed. And when I bought that condo, I had no idea. I had no idea that that 49er stadium was going to come up. I didn't know Facebook, Google, all this. None of that was there. And we had a goal that we were going to have that condo. We were going to rent it out. We were going to make a lot of money from that rental property. And we were going to go out closer to the water, out in the country, and buy a new home. And we worked towards that goal together. And in 2015, we reached that goal. So we rented out. Well, first of all, let me back up. We had one of those balloon loans when we first bought the condo. So at the, when everything crashed, most people were losing their homes, right, or giving them up. I want to say that mortgage at once upon a time got up to, like, something crazy, four or five grand, maybe higher. But we could afford to pay it, so we were able to keep it. Now, when everything balanced out and we got back where we needed to be with a loan, I want to say our mortgage was, like, 20, 2,500 bucks. And we rented it out for 4500 bucks. Nice guy. Um, he was from Columbia. And he was an engineer. And he had two kids, his wife, and I think his either his mother or his mother-in-law. But it was the perfect scenario. So the money that we were making over the mortgage we used to pay our $4,000 mortgage with our new home that we built out in Gilroy. And so at this point, we have two homes. Are you kidding me? Again, it was already the impossible that we were even going to own a home in California. You're crazy. You gave everything up. You have no idea how much money you're going to make. You don't know if this direct buy is even going to work. But I had faith, and I believed. And there we were at this condo in Santa Clara, in this home out in Gilroy. It wasn't a big home. But it was a great home. And it was brand new. And it was beautiful. And it was ours. And we reached that goal together. That was the first really big goal that we reached together. And we believed. We, we, we believed. We had faith. We worked hard. And, and we did it. 
and I was so happy. And I remember, and it's funny because Wilt, he has his own rock bottom of this story, right? Because his rock bottom is, is, he lived it. I feel like my rock bottom was we were out at the house in Gilroy and he was drinking. Most of the time I when he would drink I would just stay close to him because I would have to, you know, hide his keys was really my main thing. But this particular night I remember going and just praying. And I must have not hit his keys or he had his backup keys, whatever the case may be. He went to buy some cigarettes and came back. Now, I can't tell you what happened from him getting out the car, but the next morning... I remember getting up and I was looking for him. Couldn't find him anywhere. And I panicked. I just ran outside to go look in the car. And he was passed out in the front lawn, face down. Like, my, I don't know why. My first thought was he was dead. He looked dead to me. And I woke him up. And he was like, what? What? What's the problem? I was just laying down. You were laying down on the front lawn. And he was still drunk. For me, that was my rock. The look on his face when he realized that he had passed out, it was obvious. He had gotten out that car, and he was walking back into the house, and he had passed out. And it was the how I received his look was shame and embarrassment. And the feeling I had when I really sat down and, and, and reflected and thought about it, I just, I felt like we're close. I know it looks bad, but but we're close. That's how I felt in that moment. That's the last time, and he may say he had drinks plenty of time after that, but for me, in my memory, how I hold the memory, that was the end of this nightmare. And so I started really feeling um, hopeful after that. I really did. I was expecting it. I was. I, I really was expecting it. This is it. This is. This is. This is the end. And. Again, it was probably, it, it 
could be sometimes months later that would be, you know, the next time that he would have a drink. So the next storm that was coming was one that I could have never imagined. You know, I remember people in my family used to always ask, what happens if direct buy goes away? And, and as a matter of fact, I remember Jonathan, we were at a conference, and I can't remember how old he was, but he he was he was young because I was surprised that he put this together to even ask this question. But he said, Mom, what happens? When everyone is a direct buy member, are you not going to have a job anymore? I want to say he was like seven, eight years old. And I remember laughing. I said, that will never happen. Because only 50% of the people that walk through the door join direct buy gone. And he said, oh. Okay, but, you know, I used to have friends and family members that would always ask me, like, what, what, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm, I'm going to work at Direct Buy forever. I'm going to own the company one day. And I knew that that was reality for me. I didn't want to do anything else. I come to work every day, and I love this. It's not work for me. I absolutely love it. I love helping people grow and develop and make money in their career. And I love helping families save money and make all of their dreams come true in their home and building and furnishing. I just love every, every bit of it. And even the years of the long days and seven days a week and 12, 15 hours a day, it was all good. I never imagined myself doing anything else. So the plan of moving to California was Mark and Paul would retire and Mia and myself would own the locations, one in San Francisco, one in Palo Alto. Now, the crash threw us off, even though we, the business survived and even thrived over that period of time. But I shared this story with many people, how... We were so close. So, again, the plan was we have our showroom in Palo Alto. We're building out this new showroom. Finally, 
after a delay in our 10-year plan in San Francisco, which will be the largest state-of-the-art modern showroom in all of the U.S. and Canada. Millions of dollars spent already into this showroom. Thank God, not our millions of dollars. And it feels like overnight that we get the news that direct buy is done. Mr. Gagan, the family has sold. And they want to turn direct buy into a Amazon for home remodeling and furnishing, which we knew was a joke. We knew, everyone knew, that this was a bad idea and that it was not going to work. And we're talking 160 locations across the U.S. and Canada. Many showrooms and franchise locations like ours where we grew up in this business. We were family. And many people like us that were planning to own showrooms where owners were retiring or would have some sort of partnership. Many people like myself that have put in many years. I was close to 20 years. 20 years of hard work, sweat, and tears into this business. And when people say, wow, you've worked so hard for so long, well, yeah, because I was working hard to build a business that I knew would be my business. That was worth it. So here we are. We understand that this is this is happening. And, you know, we fought it every which way that we could. And we just got to the point where we knew it was it was the end. I was devastated to say the least. Heartbroken, angry. I didn't understand. How could this be happening when I asked God for one shot, just give me one shot, I'll never look back. He kept his word, I kept my word, I busted my butt. And overnight it was all gone. You know, we, we we made a lot of money. And when I look back 
and I think about what could we have done differently. Well, first and foremost, having two homes, it, it made a big difference because ultimately for the next year or so, I mean, that's what we would live off of and that's how we would be able to start over. But we also, we, we made some bad choices. But here's the thing. When you take, um, and this is, Will and I have different, different views of this, but for me, you take two people like us that come from nothing, that have struggled, that, you know, it, it, and you get a little money, that's what we do. Go to the Louis Vuitton store. Go to the Gucci store. Go to the Tiffany store. A lot of money on a bunch of nothing, a bunch of stuff. I worked hard. I'm like, I deserve it. And I never thought the money was going to go away as long as I just keep working hard every day. Money will keep coming. But you know what? That's that, that's that, that's that hood thought. That's, that's that mentality that it, you're out there. I thought I knew a lot. I had great mentors. So that was one of the big things that, and listen, I, I like nice things now. I shop, but I'll tell you, I have a whole different outlook when it comes to spending money on stuff. Very different than I did then. Because when the money went away, all I could think about is how much money was just spent, blown on So we stayed as long as we could. Now remember, Will's from California. And here's the thing. When you're from California, there's this thought that you don't leave California, right? Especially if you get to the point where you own a home in California, you do not leave your home in California. So we struggled. We struggled for a good amount of time trying to figure out how we could stay. He wanted to stay. That's Again, that's where he's from. From California, you, you don't leave. I didn't want to leave because I felt like I was from California. I felt like I know for sure that someone stole me from California and took me to these parents in Chicago because this is where I belong. This is where I was born. This is home to me. So I was instantly connected. But I know, here's reality. Being in California that 12, 13 years, however long it was, it was the longest place that I had ever been as an adult. 
so that there was there was a connection there for me. It was the first time that there was a place that I felt like was home because it was stable and I was happy and I was fulfilled and all of those things mean home, right? So even though I was born and raised in Chicago, there was a lot of back and forth um, from Chicago to Kentucky and I, I never stayed anywhere very long before I was on the go, on the go, running, running, running. So that time in California, I'm like, okay. And I was able to identify that, wow, this actually feels like home. I love this place. I love everything about it. I didn't want to leave. But here's the first thing that I realized. So as we were going through that process of really doing everything we could, we waited to the end. I did not want to have to um, sell our condo or our home. That was like, okay, that's a last resort, even if we have to go. But it got to the point where there was just too much. Too much pay and not enough money. Too much to pay and not enough money. Couldn't do it. And the other thing I remember thinking about because before that, when Jonathan graduated high school, I said, I can't let my son graduate high school and I don't have a high school diploma. I mean, this is how many years I went and I didn't think about it. What what do I need that for? I'm making big money. What do I need that for? And so I remember going and signing up for these GD classes in California. And it was probably two or three days of class and the teacher approached me and said, hey, I would like for you to take an assessment to see if you can just take the test. And I said, well, I mean, when I signed up, I tried to do that, but they said that because I had been out of school for so many years, they required me to take these classes. He said, yeah, I know, but if you would just, you know, take the assessment for me. So I took the test. I came back the next day, and he said, listen, I can appreciate you're a professional woman, and you don't have a lot of time on your hands. I don't want to waste your time going through these classes. You want to take the test today. I said, praise God, absolutely, sure. Passed it with flying colors, got my GED right before Jonathan graduated. I said, okay, now we both got a high school diploma. Had it not just been for me, I, w- I wouldn't have even had that. So here I am going from making $250,000 a year and I can't even find a job. I was devastated. And I'm having these conversations where people were like, okay, so uh, I see you have a GED. 
which then I realized that I need to stop telling people that, right? But you have no college at all? No, but, um, you know, I've led award-winning sales teams. No, but I've, like, they didn't care about any of my experience, my accolades, my success. Nobody cared. I was devastated. I was angry. I didn't understand why. Why is this happening? How? How could this be happening? I've dedicated the last 20 years of my life to what I thought was discipline and excellence and doing all the right things. How could this be happening to me? I think it was uh, maybe a good year. And the job offers that I did get work. I was like, I can't. I can't. Even if I wanted to say I'm going to humble myself and really just start off somewhere, I couldn't. It wasn't even enough money for us to live. Couldn't do it. Will's experience was the same thing. Now, he had a high school diploma, and he did start college, but... The money that we were making, we just couldn't do it. And we had to make a decision. What are we doing? We're bleeding out here. Our overhead. We're driving $80,000 cars. Like, what? we can't afford to keep doing this. We got to do something. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of Lead Like a Girl. We hope you found today's podcast valuable. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback is crucial in helping us continue to provide high-quality content. If you found the content inspiring, we would like to encourage you to share this podcast with your network. Stay tuned for more inspiring stories and leadership insights on Lead Like a Girl. Until next time, lead with passion and purpose.